went away on the third morning. Chapter 1 The Summons Oswald was ill. As soon as the white mouse had returned from the sewers, he had felt unwell. When the small group of mice who had confronted the terrifying Jupiter had emerged from the grill and climbed the cellar steps, Oswald's legs had given way and sturdy Thomas Triton had carried him the rest of the way. Although the albino coughed and spluttered, no one realised how serious his condition would become. For weeks he had stayed in bed. At first the mice thought he had merely caught a cold, and his mother, Mrs Chitter, had fussed and scolded him over it. But the cold did not improve, and his lungs had become inflamed so that when he coughed, the pain made him cry. Steadily he grew weaker. Mrs Chitter tended to him day and night and made herself ill in the process until she too became a poor reflection of what she had once been. Oswald's father, Jacob Chitter, had moved his favourite chair into his son's room next to his bed. He held his son's paw throughout, shaking his head sadly. Oswald was slipping away. Bit by painful bit, the white mouse became more frail. Then one day Mrs Chitter could take no more. As she was carrying away the soup that Oswald had been unable to swallow, the bowl fell from her paws and she fell heavily to the floor, soup and tears everywhere. From then on, Gwen Brown took charge of Oswald and his mother, while Twit, the field mouse, looked after his uncle, Mr Chitter. All was silent in the skirtings. The empty old house was filled with quiet prayers for the Chitter family. All the mice helped as much as they could. Those on the landings forgot their snobbery and offered food and blankets. Gwen Brown's own children, Arthur and Audrey, collected all the donations and messages of goodwill, and it was the job of a grey city mouse called Piccadilly to keep everyone informed of Oswald's condition. All the mice owed a great deal to this small group of friends. It was they who had finally rid them of the menace of Jupiter, and all their lives were now easier. No more did they have to dread the cellar and the strange grill, which was the entrance to the dark, sinister rat world. All the cruel rats had been killed or scattered, and a mouse could sleep soundly at night, fearing no sudden attacks or raids. Only the older mice still looked at the cellar doubtfully and would not pass beyond its great door. So, when they had been told of Jupiter's fall, and when they finally believed it, there was tremendous excitement and they had cheered the brave deeds of these mice. But now the youngest of the heroes was dying. Piccadilly swept the hair out of his eyes and got out of bed, the sunlight shone on the city mouse and warmed him all over, but he hardly noticed it. For the moment, he was sharing a room with Arthur, and Audrey was sleeping in her mother's bed, as Gwen was at the chitters all the time now. Arthur, Piccadilly whispered to the snoring bundle. Wake up. He shook his friend gently. The plump mouse on the bed blinked and drew his paw over his eyes. How is he? he asked directly. Piccadilly shook his head. 
I've just got up. How was he last night when you left him? Bad. Arthur swung himself off the bed and stood in the sunlight, as was his custom. He stared at the clear blue sky outside. Mother doesn't think it will be long now. He sighed and looked across to Piccadilly. Will you stay here afterward? The grey mouse sniffed a little. No, I've made up my mind to stay just until... He coughed. Then I'm off, back to the city. We'll miss you, you know, said Arthur. I won't know what to do around here when you've gone. I think Twit's decided to leave as well, afterward. Arthur turned his back to examine the summer sky, and then remarked casually, I think Audrey will miss you most, though. Piccadilly looked up curiously.